What's up, guys and gals? This is Rick Martinez, host of the No Soliciting Experience, asker of questions, maker of memes, knocker of doors. Gosh, that was cheesy, but you know it's not cheesy? The podcast. My goal is to talk to top performers in the door-to-door industry and even those who have left the industry. People who have done super dope things and continuously doing dope things. Again, in the industry or out of the industry. So, guys, I'm super excited to bring on this next guest. So, without further ado, let's get into it. With a All right, guys, welcome back to the No Soliciting, no soliciting Experience. Um, super excited to have this guest on today. One of the funniest people that I know, Ray Gonzalez. Thank you for being on, brother. How's it going? I'm doing, I'm doing fantastic. Good to be here, my man. Anytime I get to talk to you, man, it's just the highlight of my day. I know with that intro, though, it makes me feel like I, I'm like going to be expected to like, tell jokes. Well, I'm, <laughs> well no <laughs> maybe i mean if, if you have some ready i mean that 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 would be super dope stand up um, session <laughs> <laughs> dope well ray can you tell the people a little bit about yourself and who you are yeah so um ray gonzalez um grew up in provo utah I sold my first summer was um, 2013 with um, it was Altera at the time. Started pest control in um, in Houston, Houston, Texas. Um, good buddy that a lot of you know, Jake Bennington. We went and sold together. Um, yeah, and then I sold for for a good six, seven years in pest control, um, and now I'm in the uh, insurance slash financial planning industry which has been pretty good so far dope dude <clears throat> dope um all right so you started back way way back when in altera when in houston of all places man gosh yeah i and i'm i'm lucky that i did houston first because i mean the humidity out there is it is insane i, I don't know how people i've there came to a point where i was convinced that like if you go to hell, it's just a perpetual summer in, in Houston, Texas, because <laughs> you could cut the humidity with a knife. You walk outside, you're immediately drenched with sweat. You feel like you lathered yourself up in mayonnaise. And then when the sun goes down and that all dries, it feels like you showered in Sprite. You can't even blink correctly. It's, it's freaking terrible. But I just assume that's like what all summer sales guys put up with. And then the next summer we went to Orange County. And I'm wearing like a light jacket some days. <laughs> and that's when I was like, I vowed never, never to go knock in Houston again, which for all you who love Houston, respect. Cause that place is, it was great. It was great for bugs. Cause that place is chock full of bugs. There are fire ants on every square inch of land out there. Um, but yeah, as far as knocking, it was, uh, it was tough. It was tough with the, with the humidity. I'm doing well in the humidity. It could yeah. just be a little worse, but who knows? Yeah, dude. Honestly, I thought that summer that that we did out on Long Island was bad, right? I was like, dude, this is the worst humidity. And then last was it? Two, yeah, last summer I spent about like two weeks out in Texas. Dude, it was the mm-hmm. worst. Dude, it was the worst. I was like, yeah, there's no way I could ever do a summer out here. It's so just- we're doing like planned, planned like I are. Uh, like forehead swipes to get like the the sweat so it wasn't because we had paper contracts back there <laughs> so you had to do like plan forehead swipes so that you weren't dripping all over your contracts it was it was bad man it was we had to like carry paper towels in our back pockets like dabber heads it was it's rough yeah dude it's rough out there rough life man. but it was good it was a good summer we all did really really well there's a bunch of first years and we all we all killed it so it was uh, it was great yeah, dude, you and Jake Bennington. Um, wh- who else was on that team? Like, like the All Stars. Um, 
trying to think of anyone you would know. Um, do you know Jeff Larson? I've heard of Jeff Larson. I think so Jeff Larson. He was our yeah. He that was his first year song pass. He he'd been doing um, satellite before then, but he was our team leader, and that was um, yeah first year leading for Altera. First year selling pass. He did like three seventy or something like that, mm-hmm. and then he exploded um, as far as recruiting goes. Became a regional in like a year. Um, so yeah, we were there with Jeff. But as far as anyone else, I'm trying to think who else was on that team. Yeah, everyone kind of spread out after that year, but yeah, a bunch of good guys. And yeah, dude, sounds sound like the good old days. Dude, so one of the things that we were talking about previously before is you have a, a wrestling background, right? And I've seen it. Um, dude, you just you just mm-hmm. scrappy little dude, man. <laughs> dude, I, I, I remember I remember when we were out on Long Island, you and Strat used to always go at it. And you used to just whoop. You used to just kick Strat's trash all the time. I'm uh yeah, as far as wrestling in the in the living room, I'm I'm my my record's pretty good. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting pretty with my with my uh living room wrestling record. So but yeah, yeah, I, I wrestled in high school. Um yeah, actually my uh I had a freshman football coach who is now a branch manager for Aptiv, I think out in Tennessee. But he's like, hey, if you want to be a better football player, um, you guys should wrestle. I was like, okay, we'll go wrestle. And ended up being a way better wrestler than I was a football player, mainly because I weighed 100 pounds. I, I wrestled 103 my freshman year. Um, but, yeah, I, I loved it. I fell in love with wrestling. Kind of, I wish, I really wish I would have started a lot earlier because a lot of guys, you know, start when they're like three or at least like in junior high. So, um, but, yeah, I, I loved, freaking loved wrestling. Okay. Well, dude, let, let me ask you this, because there, there's a ton of people in, in the industry that I know that all come from like a wrestling background. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Some of it's, it's some of some of the, the best door to door reps are either wrestlers or, you know, farming kids from Idaho. I, mm-hmm. I don't get it, um, dude, but wrestlers stick out the most um, for me. Dude, what do you think that you took from wrestling into door to door that you know made you as as good as you were well i think what i really loved about wrestling is that um like in a team sport whether it be basketball football baseball you're you're on the field with or on the court with you know four to ten other dudes um and if you guys lose a game, you know, there's, it's really easy to put blame on someone else. Like, oh, that guy missed that pass or that guy missed that shot or that dude dropped that ball. Um, but in wrestling, you have zero excuses. It's, it's you and another guy on the mat. And if you lose, it, uh, it's, it's totally on your fault. You know, it's, it's totally um, – you, you can't put blame on anyone else. But if you win, I mean, if you get your hand raised at the end of the match, then, I mean, that, that's the best feeling in the world because, again, it's, it's all on you. You, you had – you couldn't lean on anyone else. And um, so it just, it, it eliminates, um, it eliminates excuses. And, and I think that's, that's huge, especially in summer sales. Cause I mean, I just rattled off a couple with my first year in Houston, you know, we all could have easily fall back on the, you know, it's humid as hell out here. It's a thousand degrees. I'm sweating my life away and let that affect the selling. Um, but it's those people that just push through and eliminate all those excuses that, that rise to the top. And, and that's just something that you're forced to do in wrestling. Cause again, you, there's, there's, there's no room for it. Cause you, you can't, it, it, it is a team sport. You know, there's, there's matches where, you know, the each match you get the cumulative score at the end. But, um, but yeah, as, as far as when it's your turn and you're on the mat, it's, it's all on your shoulders. Okay. I actually never thought of it that way. That's actually super dope. Cause I mean, it, it does make sense. Like all these companies, they all have their, their, their team competitions, um, you know, team versus team. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that does make a lot of sense. Um, and dude, I just think that's super dope. One of the things that I noticed is when, again, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be going back to like Long Island a lot. Right. Um, but dude, you just have like this natural, like leadership, to you um i mean obviously you've taken years to cultivate that um 
in aspects of like recruiting, bringing your guys on, leading a team, what, what do you think is the most important thing for like a, a leader to do? Or what, what, what was for you? Like, would, would you, hold on, let me, let me, let me think of how to phrase this question. For you, what was most important when it came to leading? Well, I mean, as far as me individually, I, I and, and I'll fall, I'll keep, I'll keep you open kind of the floodgates with wrestling. So I'll keep going back to that because I feel like wrestling apart from like the LDS mission I served um, has had the biggest impact on me as a person than anything else in my life. Like any, anything hard I've been able to do has come from um, the principles that, that I learned in, in wrestling. Um, and in sales as well, like I never felt like I was the most talented person. I was never the guy that could go out and at will, like on comp days, sell like, you know, 10 to 15 accounts. Um, I had to grind for like my, my five to my five to seven, you know? Um, and, and again, that's, that's something that I learned in wrestling because, um, yeah, you, you had to, I, I, I didn't have the best technique in wrestling either. And so I thought to myself, like, well, I'm just going to freaking work my butt off and I'm going to outlast any guy that I get on the mat. And that was kind of my strength was my endurance was just, you know, I, I felt like my endurance was, was definitely above average. And if it came down to strength and technique, like that would eventually, um, you know, that, that, that eventually fail the people I was, I was up against because I mean, my, my strength and technique was, was good, but definitely my endurance is what put me over the edge. Um, and, and that definitely translated into, into selling. Um, I just, I just, I had to work. I had no other choice but to work harder than, than most. Um, and, and I don't know, it, it, it keeps you, it keeps you humble. As far as recruiting goes, um, I hate feeling like I'm, I'm putting someone out. I hate feeling disingenuine. Um, I hate feeling salesy. Um, and so my approach was always just to be as, as, sincere and honest and upfront um as i could be and, and i think um jeff our, our first leader and kyle kyle nielsen he was a regional from the get-go um but that's definitely their approach you know to, to not shy away from the fact that sales in general is going to be the hardest thing you're going to do it's going to be the hardest job ever ever but the reward that you get from it um is is definitely definitely outweighs any of the cons you know the pros to this job outweigh the cons. Um, not just the money, but the personal growth you get from, from selling, from, from again, having to face rejection 99% of your day. Um, so, so yeah, as far as recruiting goes, it, it was just being real with people saying this is going to suck, but um, not only are you going to grow as a person, but the work you put into it um, is definitely going to determine what you get out of it. And and that's all we ask is that you, if you work hard, you're going to be successful. Okay. And that's, again, was been my experience. Dope, dude. So that's awesome. One of the things um, going back into this is, so this, this is what you've done, right? You, you had your, you had your, your run in door to door. Now you moved into the financial, the insurance and financial planning. Uh, mm -hmm industry right what what's been something that 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 you've taken from door to door and now applied it to this and has has been working for you well i mean it's it seems like at in most facets of life you're you're selling something you know you're either selling yourself um you're selling a product so you're selling a vision you're selling um you know it, it it's so applicable that's i think that's why a sales background is so so valuable um, because it can be applied to really anything in life. Um, and yeah, it, it's just, I mean, wrestling and door to door just teaches you to, to hustle. It teaches you to put your, you know, put your head down and, and work hard and put your head to the grindstone. And, and um, because yeah, when you're working on pure commission, again, excuses don't put foot on the table. Mm -hmm. Excuse, excuses are never going to put um, money in your account. Um, and, and that's something that I, you know, I, I try to tell myself every day I can, I can either make money or I can make excuses. 
which one is it going to be today? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm not perfect. I think there are definitely days where I let myself make a little bit more excuses than money, um, which, you know, we all have those ups and downs. But, um, but, but yeah, I think that's definitely applicable to any industry that you're in. Um, you're either going to work hard and get results or, again, you're going to feel sorry for yourself or let external, you know, factors determine your own success and let yourself fail. Okay. Of course. Of course, of course, of course. Dude, um I mean I mean it's it's true. We it's either you make excuses or you make make some sales. Um I think I think that's 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 just kind of the the rough it sucks, man. It sucks. It does suck. I agree with you one hundred percent. Um Okay. Dude, so now you're in financial the financial planning um space. Are are you guys allowed to talk much about what you guys are doing or um yeah, yeah. I uh, it's the whole focus is just helping families get the basic financial education that the majority of us lack. Um and then yeah, just helping people find solutions to whatever goals they have financially. A lot of times that's through um you know, uh, certain vehicles like, like life insurance index, universal life insurance policies, things like that. Um, if someone doesn't have a, you know, a 401k, then we can help them with that. We have, we have with anything and everything that deals with, um, with protecting and growing wealth and things like that. Um, but that's, that's definitely what, um, I love about the job and really what I, what would make me when I focused on, on, so what I love about the job is the fact that the whole focus is on helping people. And when that was my focus was selling on the doors, um, that's when I did the best, you know, you know, making a new friend on the doors and, and helping them in any of the way that I could, you know, whether it be from getting the service they need or helping them, you know, if things were kind of tight, taking a little bit more off the initial to help them out that way. Um, or if, you know, even if they didn't buy from me, I usually try to ask if there's any way that I could help. Um, I don't know if that's the, the, the missionary in me that kind of has carried on for the rest of my life, but like tried to like, you know, at least help the old lady put the groceries into the, into her house and stuff like that. And that's when my days went the best. And and so, yeah, that's, that's definitely been a huge focus of mine is just to serve any way that I can. And uh, being in an industry where, or in, in a, yeah, with a company that that's the main and entire focus has been, it's been really awesome. Okay. Dude. So going, going back to more of the financial stuff, right? I mean, Doing what you're doing now, well, what could be something that I mean, every sales guy should be doing? Because most of us are on are on 1099. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what what what's a few things that stick out that I think you think every rep should be doing. I mean, it, it just really that's that's um, it really depends. I mean, I'm not a financial expert by any means. Um, we basically just help people. Um, at least from at the beginning is just make people aware because a lot of us are only um, exposed to, to very limited things. You know, we have um, as far as like taxes goes, things that are taxed now, um, you know, things like W2s. And then for as far as like any retirement vehicles, the only thing that we're all exposed to are like 401ks mm-hmm. or, or IRAs and things like that, which we most people only find out about that stuff because it's offered to them at work. Yeah. You know, and it's either match or something like that. Um, there's a whole nother type of, um, of, I guess, bracket. That's the, uh, the tax advantage bracket, things like, um, index universal life insurance policies and things like that, that, um, are, are taxed now they, they grow tax free and things like that. And so it's more just helping people be, become aware of, of those other things that, that most people aren't exposed to. Um, because the reality is, is that the people that are getting, you know, the proper financial education are those who already have assets, you know, companies like Charles Schwab, Merrill Lynch, they're, they're paying money, whether through be leads or reaching out to people who have money to try to get them to invest with them so they can make that fee. And so usually the people that are learning to make more money already have the money. So we just try to bridge that gap with, you know, the, uh, the 99% of everyone else in the country who is kind of just learning by trial and error. Yeah. Okay. That's super dope, dude. I mean, it, it just goes back to just helping people out. Yeah. Whatever someone's goal is just really depends on that. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of one of the things that's lacking in the industry 
mean, it, it just goes back to just being genuine and authentic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've we've talked uh, prior to this. I mean, we we essentially come from from the same background, right? Um, mm-hmm. First, first, first generation, first generation Americans. Um, you know, everything before, like our parents and their parents before them. You know, it 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 hasn't been easy. Yeah. So it's just a matter of taking advantage of what we have in front of us and helping those along the way. So that, I mean, I imagine for you growing up, that's just kind of what you were you were taught, right? Just help people out. If if you can help them, if not, then you know, find find somebody you can help them. Yeah, I I feel like I'm really blessed to have the uh, kind of the background that I have. Um, my parents immigrated to the United States when they were 19. Uh, my dad had an eighth grade education. My mom graduated high school, and that was pretty much it. And they, and my oldest brother was a year old. He's the only one of us that was born in Mexico, but they crossed with um, a blanket and the clothes on their backs. That was literally it. I think they slept in a tool shed for like uh, a week or two um, while my dad was finding a place for them to stay. And then um, they stayed with a few of my uncles and stuff in Southern California and slowly moved their way up um, till they settled down in, in Sacramento in the Sacramento area. That's where I was born. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I think they, um, I, again, it just going back to the, to the theme of, of not having excuses. Like my parents had all the excuses in the world. They didn't know the language. They didn't have an education. Um, and they, they couldn't afford to make excuses or they wouldn't have survived, you know, mm-hmm. teenagers with a one-year-old, my mom tells us a story that like when they were sleeping in that tool shed, my, my brother had um, a really bad, I think it was like an ear infection or something like that. And he was just screaming and screaming and screaming all night. Um, and she, I mean, I'm sure I can't imagine how that would feel to be in a new country, not knowing the language, sleeping literally in a tool shed with a crying baby that won't stop. Um, and not, not knowing what your next move is going to be, you know, not, not having any idea what, what tomorrow is going to look like. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely something that my parents have, have instilled in us, you know, is, is to, is if the one thing that you can control, whether, you know, cause I mean, skills you can learn and things like that, but you know, sometimes we're dealt, the cards were dealt. Um, but hard work is definitely something that we all have control of and that's always going to get you somewhere. Um, and, um, what was the, I kind of, I kind of forgot what the original question was. I got in the no worries, No worries, dude. Um, I, I I mean, I mean, based on our background, I mean, we you kind of have the same background. Again, it's I'm pretty sure your answer is just not making excuses, right? Mm-hmm. Seeing from your parents, not making excuses. I mean, going back to that story, I mean, it be they have no other excuse but to you know work hard and figure something out. Yeah, uh, my parents grew up in a border town um, called Mexicali. And my mom would tell us a story about when she would walk to school, she would cross the, um, she would, she would walk past the the border and mm-hmm. there's a, a big fence, you know, and stuff like that. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty drastic. It's, um, it's a pretty night and day difference from the, the street that you see on the Mexican side. And there's like, um, a row of, they look like, um, starter homes, um, on the, on the California side. Um, and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, the, the picture perfect American dream, you know, cookie cutter homes, manicured lawns. It's really clean on that side. Um, and my mom would tell us of just, yeah, she would walk up to the fence and kind of look over there and, and, and vow that she would, she would, you know, live there one day. And, and, um, and yeah, at 19 with no education, they, they made it happen. Um, so, um, so yeah, that, that's just something that, um, has definitely carried over into, into wrestling. Again, that kind of just went into that as well. Um, transition well into that of, of just working harder than everyone else and, and in sales you know I, I didn't have necessarily the talent that other guys had um but i definitely worked my my butt off to make up for it yeah yeah i did dude i remember being being uh being in your car group dude and we and then you'd be like all right dude we're 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 going till dark and i was like okay cool and then I saw that it was starting to get dark a little bit. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll probably start wrap, wrapping things up, right? Like, like the first two days, like in your car group. I was yeah. like, all right, I'll probably start looking to wrap things up a little bit. Um, and then, like, once it got a little dark, I was like, okay, maybe like 
few more houses and then I and then I text you. I'm like, all right, dude, whenever you're ready, like <laughs> you're my pen. Legit thirty minutes to like an hour later. You'd probably be like, all right, dude, where you at? <laughs> yeah, that's my first year selling, I, I had to have my own car because yeah, I was kind of notorious for Jeff always tells a story that he they'd be waiting in the car and it's like pitch black. And I'd, I'd run past like the headlights and like put my finger up like one more, one more, <laughs> like go one more door. Um, so yeah, I, I, my bad. I've, I've, <laughs> I, and I've been on the receiving end of that too. Yeah. Who was it? It was Landon, Landon Whitbeck had just always on it every single day had just the worst timing where he was my car partner. And at lunch, every time I'd like stop, I'd like stop knocking so I can go pick him up because I had my car and he without fail for like a week straight would get into a sale right when lunch was supposed to start. Yeah. So I'm sitting there in my freaking car for an hour waiting for him to wrap up a sale. And then we have like 20 minutes to eat and I'm freaking fuming and you know, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like be like, great dude. I'm glad you got that sale. I'm like, Frank, I could be knocking myself right now or freaking eating. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, I've been on the receiving end. So. No, dude, and I mean, I, when I was saying that, the, the first two days, that's just what it was like. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to keep going. Just... <laughs> Hopefully you sell a trip tonight. Yeah. <laughs> dude, because prior to that, whose car group was I in? Dude, I was in, uh, oh, what? Oh, this, uh, Josh and uh, Brenton. Mm-hmm. And, dude, and they were like, at dark, they're like, all right, dude, we're here. I'm like, what the freak, dude? Like, I, like I, I still want to get that. It's at least two more doors in. So freaking. Yeah, man, it's, uh, yeah, I, I freaking, and now I hate, I mean, I got, I don't, I don't love knocking mm-hmm. at night either. I hate making feel, making people feel like, I don't know, sketching people out. I, I know it's just a mental thing. You got to get past yeah. Kyle, like the king of that, you know, knocking at like 1130 and <laughs> finding people in their garages and stuff, which is insane. I don't know. He hasn't, Ended up in the in the freaking county jail because of that, but <clears throat> but yeah. Oh man, dude, that was so fun. Again, I'll I'm I'm I'll probably keep going back to this, dude. But that summer Long Island was so dope. It was. It was really cool. I yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I being with like a cool group definitely makes a world of difference. Like the people you go and sell out with is, is huge. Like the, the, the culture you have on the team, the guys you're out there with making the same difference. And yeah, they, everyone was just, I love that. That team was, was tons of fun. And being like an hour away from Manhattan wasn't, you know, didn't oh, hurt. Dude. That was so dope. The amount of stuff and go walk around Times Square. Yeah. That, that was, that was, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. That, uh, that summer was, it was, it was a tough summer. Personally, I had a lot of, uh, life changes I was going through mm-hmm. summer. Um, but yeah, it was Long Island was good to me. Yeah, dude, dude. I remember, I think, I think this, this is kind of where it kind of took off for me was, um, I think Kyle and Jake were with us that weekend and we went to go and we went to go get sushi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember. Oh, we were playing. Um, oh, shoot, what game was it? Was it Would You Rather? Or oh no, we were playing. What are the odds? Oh, that's right. <laughs> in, 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 in the parking lot, dude. <laughs> we had. Is that when we threw what's his name in the bush? Yeah, dude, we threw Dustin <laughs> in the bush. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, that was. Uh... <laughs> we did so much stupid stuff. We, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we were in an area where we were close to like really cool stuff, but mm-hmm. for some reason, one night we ended up playing tag in some parking lot. Like grown men. Oh grown yeah, grown dude. men playing straight up tag in a parking lot. Yeah, we were playing tag in like some. It was like an old, like weird, like rink a dink, uh, like arcade. <laughs> arcade. <laughs> Yeah, the arcade closed. We apparently weren't ready to go home. So we started playing tag in the parking lot. <laughs> so oh, man. 
gosh. Yeah, that's that's one thing is um yeah, you 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 have to find ways to like make it fun. I don't know. That, that's one thing that I think me and Jake really I remember we were we were in, we were in Cleveland, Ohio. We were all waiting to eat. It was like at their version of Denny's <clears throat> and somehow we we ended and this wasn't even planned. We somehow ended up playing fake bop it in front of in front of us Denny's. I think it's, what's the call? The place is called like Bomb Man. I don't know. Anyways, it's like a Danny's place. But we, and by fake bop it, I mean like we didn't have the thing. We would just have to like sit there and go like twist it, and we'd have to like make the motion or like bop it. it so and someone on the side would be like doing the song like dum, dum, ding, dum, dum, ding, dum, 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 ding, dum, and we got like so into it. <laughs> we were all like dead serious. <laughs> Trying to play this bopper game and trying to see who can do a better job. Um, yeah, we're stupid. We're real dumb. Oh, well, real, real dumb. I think I think that's that, that's what it comes down to, man. Um, dude, because luckily, going back to what we were saying earlier, dude, we got lucky, man. We were like super close. Um, hold on. Um, we were super close to like a lot of cool things, right? Like we had Montauk, we had like. Jones Beach, dude, Manhattan itself was like so close. Like if 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 we wanted to, we can just jump on a train and be down in Manhattan within like four Yeah, years. that's cool. Um unfortunately, it's not like that for for a lot of people. Like some people are stuck in like Minnesota. Kansas City, Kansas yeah. City dude. Like <laughs> middle of bum f nowhere. Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Cleveland, Ohio. Hey, but you, but you guys won the cup that year, so yeah, no, that was in Tennessee, but we got really close in Cleveland. We had a really good run in Cleveland. We were like undefeated in the regular season, but yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland, we definitely made fun. Um, and I, yeah, if anything, usually the, the group of guys we'd go and sell with, we we were pretty good at making the best out of whatever area we were at. You know, mm-hmm. finding ways to have fun. You know, that's what it comes down to—just finding ways to have fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that suck, dude. There's like uh, there's a kid, like a really good buddy of ours named Tandon, Tandon Apple now. If anyone knows him, he's a short guy, really like kind of salt. He's wrestled, he wrestled as well. Um, but <laughs> one night, <laughs> our nightly activity for that day was uh, we we were trying to see how far we could throw him in the air. <laughs> so there's us <laughs> throwing him as far as we could in the air, and he was he was a champ about it and let us do it. We got him pretty high. <laughs> oh um dude who who is it who we mess with the most in long island i'm trying to think who who did we throw in the in the bush i'm trying to remember dustin. Who we, we threw huh? dustin in the bush dustin. <laughs> good old dusty pants yeah we uh i mean chat was kind of an easy target because he'd probably put on himself yeah dude chat was an awesome chat for all you guys he's killed it yeah, phenomenal salesman. He's he's super. Bless his heart, though. He's just kind of he's he's easy to he's easy to mess with. Yeah, doesn't <laughs> do himself favors in that regard. Dude, dude, was that the same night that that that, that we had Stefan go out and strip in the middle of the street? Oh my gosh, Stefan, Stefan, wherever you're at these days, bro. God bless you. <laughs> He made it happen. Hey, talk about not having excuses. This kid. So Stefan, was he Vietnamese? Family came from Vietnam or straight out of China? Korea. He was Korea. His yeah. parents were straight out of Korea. He had a pretty thick accent. He would say things like definitely. Trying to say definitely. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and he killed it. He, he freaking sold. He, he made it work, man. <laughs> there's that one area that was pretty ghetto probably shouldn't have been selling there but he tore it up dude yeah. he did i do i remember he i think i think that's the happiest he was like the whole time he was there because he was like oh man like i'm i'm because he he's he, he's from atlanta mm-hmm. he's, like, he's like when when i go to brainwood it feels like i'm back home <laughs> like, <laughs> and then one day i went out there with him like Stephen, how the hell are you selling these accounts man bro it was it was rough i was selling pretty close to him and there was you know, the 7-Eleven was freaking crack central and 
Yeah, I was I was legitimately worried about my Segway getting stolen while I was on the doors and stuff. Bro, bro, I, I remember that. I remember yeah, again, I was in your car group and I'm you, you dropped me off in this area and you're like, Oh dude, like all right, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I said like, hey, if it's too rough, give me yeah. a call. Yeah, dude, and so that's that's kind of where it, where it goes, and like within two hours, dude, like I had some random person come and offer to sell me math, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I remember, oh, no, like, ma'am, you can't pay your quarterlies in weed, okay? No, yes, it has to be. It has to be. <laughs> As we check our card, mm-hmm. we we can't take weed or crystal meth. That's pain. That wick, yeah. Oh man, oh, dude. I think, yeah, I, think that, I think this this is something that's super important is sales sucks people aren't always the nicest you just got to deal with what you got and you, you you have to be able to laugh at yourself and the situation that you're in and just kind of see the bright side of things yeah think, something i've really been thinking about lately is um is just the uh the concept of of, of burning your ships of not having Cause that, I mean, apart from working hard, I just didn't have a plan B. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a solid plan B. Like I had nothing to fall back on. If I failed, I couldn't go to my parents for money. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, they're, they're not like destitute, but you know, they're not well off they've, you know, blue collar worked, you know, ever since they came to the, to the, to the States. Um, so yeah, I, I know I, I couldn't rely on them. And, um, and yeah, and the concept of burning ships is when um, Cortez sailed to the Americas um spanish conquistadors came to the americas cortez they uh when they landed he he ordered his men um to to burnish to burn the ships um so could you imagine like sailing from spain all the way to you know mexico central america and then having your captain tell you to to burn the ships that you know is your one way home and this land is infested with you know bloodthirsty aztec warriors and things like that um, and Cortez did that just cause he, to give them no plan B, like they either conquered or they died mm-hmm. Two options. Um, and I, and I think that's super important, especially in the summer sales world. You know, if, if you've committed to going out and selling, um, or really committed to do anything like just, you can't have a plan B and whether, I mean, it's, it's always good to have, you know, a contingency plan, you know, to have something to fall back on. I'm not saying to leave yourself vulnerable, but at the very least, burn the ships mentally. I mean, if you're not all in, mm-hmm. um, you're not you're not going to reach your true potential. You're not going to do as well as you can. You're not going to affect others in the way that you want to affect them, especially if you're a leader, you know. Um, and then that's been something that I've been really, especially with this job, my, you know, going into this financial planning and, and insurance industry, it's it's been a it's been something that, yeah, I've, I've had to kind of burn, burn, burn ships and, um, and just, just really commit to, um, and yeah. And, and I think that's, I, if I, if I could give like advice to like first years is, I mean, that'd be probably number one to start with is, is to, to not give yourself a plan B because when, I mean, this job is going to get hard. It's going to get hot as hell. People are going to be rude like we've talked about. You know, your car partner is going to suck. The person you're sharing a uh, you know, apartment with is going to be nasty and dirty. Um, and you, you're going to start, you know, giving yourself all the reasons why it'd be a good idea or why it'd be a legit reason to go home um, or, or to quit. Or, um, but not having that, that safety net forces you to, to again, eliminate excuses and, and do what it takes make it happen there you go and dude i mean that's so true it's very true um just in in all aspects right sales life you know just work your butt off burn the ships because that's that's, that's kind of what it is i mean for example right somebody that we know um somebody that you recruited not 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 gonna say names he he had the potential Right, mm-hmm. to do to do really well. He was one of those guys who showed up on comp days and just threw down accounts like it was no one's business. But again, talking with him throughout that time, he's like, Oh dude, like I got something else back home, right? I got I got something else lined up. 
Mm-hmm. And how, how many times do we do that? How many times have, you know, I've, I've done it. I know other people do it. And it's just, you're, just, you're, 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 you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. Um, because I mean, as, as, as cheesy as it, as it may, as, as it sounds is be all you can be. But when you're thinking, Oh, as soon as it starts to get hard, I'm going to start looking at different options, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than continuously pushing to work through the hard stuff so it becomes easier down the road, you start taking the easy route out. Mm-hmm. Uh, time, time to abandon ship, like time, time, time to consider the options and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, I think that that's super powerful. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's something that I'm glad I've, I've been kind of, again, with, with my, with how I was brought up, like I, it was just something that I was, I had no other option, you know, I, everything that I have, I had to get myself because I knew I couldn't rely on my parents. Yeah. Um, and I, and I didn't want to rely on my parents because I knew that they would be more than willing to give it to me to get me what I wanted. Um, and, and be willing to put themselves in a bad position to do so. Mm-hmm. And so I, I never wanted to put them out. I never wanted to put them in a bad position. So, so yeah, I've, I've been glad to, to be forced to, to, to have to work for what I want, for what I, for what I have. Um, but yeah, that, uh, I mean, that, that's, that summer in Long Island. I mean, I, I can be open, I guess here is I, I was going through a divorce and, um, and that was probably the hardest summer of my life. You know, summer's hard already. Um, but having that on top of that was, was, was really tough. Um, but, um, yeah. Again, I, I had, I, I knew I had to show up for the people I was out there with. Um, whether my ex and I stayed together, like I knew I needed to provide. And that was my means of you know, my, my only ways of providing at the moment, you know, was through sales. And so I, I, I couldn't, regardless of whatever was going up, up in my head, emotionally, mentally, um, I had no choice but to kind of fight through that and, and, and make it work. Yeah. And it wasn't my best summer, but it definitely wasn't my worst. I mean, I, for for everything considered, I think it it was pretty successful. So I was yeah. Uh, it was. I mean, I mean, seeing it firsthand, it it was like obviously like no no one ever brought it up, but I mean, we all knew. I mean, and that that's the thing is, if, if, if everyone has demons, like everyone's fighting off their own demons. Everybody's dealing with some crap, whether it's family members who are sick, like or relationship issues or anxiety or mental issues everybody has something going on no one's perfect no one is like in the ideal pristine situation in life that everything is lined up for them to be able to go and be successful and that's the thing a lot of the excuses you can fall back on are valid yeah they're they're completely valid they're completely legitimate and yeah they you you have all the right you know to to say like well i'm going through a divorce i can't sell this summer yeah um, but like you said, everyone has something going on and there's always going to be something going on in your life. That's going to be hard. That, that can be, you know, a crutch you can lean on. Um, but not allowing yourself to do those and eliminating those excuses is the only way that you're going to get ahead is the only way that, you know, that that's what separates, um, you know, the normal rep to the person who's selling, you know, 700 accounts. Um, I sold with Josh Zuniga in, in law in Tennessee when we won the, um, when we won the cup, Josh was on our team. And Josh was that guy who would show up on comp days, sell, you know, 10 to 15. And then the rest of the week, sorry, Josh, they don't mean to put you on blast. I love you to death. Um, but just kind of took it easy, you know, put it in neutral and just coasted. Um, and, and I think, and, and I know Josh has, you know, has, has talked a lot about kind of what helped him change um, to become, you know, the insane rep that he is now. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it was just eliminating excuses you know, um, and not, not allowing that voice in his head to, to, to dictate what he was going to do that day. And, um, I mean, yeah, he, he's broken records. He's, I mean, we've, we've all seen the success that Josh Sweeney has had and it's been, it's been really awesome. Really awesome to see. Yeah. Dude, I've, I've always wanted to know. So Josh comes from, from a Chilean background, right? Does, um, does, does Josh speak Spanish? Uh, I don't know, actually. I'm pretty sure he understands it. 
um, at least. Or is or is he like whitewashed like me? Um, he, he, I don't know. I I don't remember having conversations with with Josh in Spanish. Um, it's curious, super off topic, but yeah, because I know his dad's like straight from Chile. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know that that could be the case. Uh, I I know for I know he at least understands it really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or speaking of it, I'm not sure. Yeah. Just because, so when, so, so when I did the podcast with him, I was like, oh, this is Josh Zuniga. And then he comes, I was like, yeah, my name is Josh Zuniga. And I'm like, oh, he, he, he went Latino on, on the last name. Shoot. My <laughs> <laughs> is it Zuniga? Zuniga. I'm like, oh, cause like, that's the thing. Like I hate, I, I always feel like, I always feel like an idiot, right? When I say one thing and then somebody comes in and corrects me, especially with, with, with Latinos. Cause like, dude, you're freaking Mexican, man. Like why, why are you saying that all, all white? Like yeah. they say that you're supposed to say it in your Gonzalez is my last name. I'll just say my name Gonzalez. Cause I figured, you know, that's just how we talk. And I'm like, all right, my bad. <laughs> not Mexican enough for you. I'm not Mexican enough for this, man. Yeah. Oh, shoot, dude. Well, dude, question. Going going back, I mean, obviously you, you've had, um, you know, obviously a ton of experience, a, a lot of stuff that they've gone through in the industry. Is is there anything that sticks out as like one of your funnier moments? Gosh, I know. I was trying to think of the funny moments. You prepped me for this, but I'm trying to think. I... There's been like some, I've had a couple, I mean, I don't know. Funny moments like on the doors. I don't know if I've had like any outstanding them. I've had a couple like kind of. I got bit by a couple dogs. Those are more the ones that stick out of my mind. <laughs> like something straight out of a movie. Like bit the back of my shorts, left like a big hole in my shorts. I'd like go to the Target and buy new shorts. It was. Uh... But as far as like funny, funny moments, usually all the funny stuff happened like with the team. Yeah. Like Speaking when we weren't selling. Mm -hmm. Like we'll Dustin in the book. <laughs> Throwing Dustin in the book. <laughs> or the uh when uh when when somebody got some some Chinatown cologne on them. Chinatown cologne? Yeah. Dude, so 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 you remember that time we, we went down to Manhattan, we went to Chinatown. Yeah. And we went to go get like those super bomb like dumplings. Uh-huh. It was like on Sunday, and I think it was like trash day, dude, but it smelled like straight up holy oh. dude. Yeah. And yeah. we're, we're, we're like walking, dude. And some, some of that like brown, gray liquid, dude, fell on somebody's like shirt, dude. And they just reeked for the rest of the day. Well, Jake's sister, Hannah, because they were selling in New Jersey. So, you know, we'd all meet up in Manhattan. Um, there was, it was trash day in Chinatown. And there was this huge, like those five gallon, 10 gallon trash bags full of just like, Rotten food, rotten Chinese food. Whoa. Jake said, "Like, how much would it take for you to stick your entire arm?" Oh, I think I remember. It like five bucks, dude. From all the way up to like her freaking elbow, straight to nasty Chinatown rotten food trash. It was the grossest thing I had seen. So disgusting. So disgusting. Makes me gag a little just thinking about it. Gosh, that's so depressing. It's crazy how dirty that place can get. That's oh, one thing I wasn't expecting. I know a lot of people don't know. New York's dirty. I didn't know how dirty. Yeah, 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 dirty. yeah. Dirty. <laughs> dirty, dude. I dude, I, I think one time I, I, I was with uh with Mikey Bonilla and Josh Davenport, dude, and we saw like I kid you not, dude, the biggest rats I've ever seen. Like on the subway, like line, and they're 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 just going to town, dude. Small cats running around, yeah. Those things are freaking disgusting. Disgusting. Funny moments, though, man. I'm gonna have to gosh. Give you some time on that, but we'll going that, going going back to the dogs, dude. Do you do you do you remember what happened to Will? Oh yes, I need to follow up with that guy. See what's going on. He went like straight through his sack, didn't he? Yeah, he did. 
<laughs> he was showing pictures in the morning meeting the next day. We were like, wow, well, I'm really close. I'm pretty sure that got airdropped. Yeah, to the whole uh, the whole team was uh, a close up of Will's punctured sack. <laughs> got? Could you imagine getting bit right in the freaking? I can't. Gosh. It, 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 I, if I think about it. That might send me home. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that might have ended my summer right there. If I would have gotten it's, it's, it's ended his, his, his sales. Like, he, he won't <laughs> go back to do door-to-door sales. Because I remember he, he, he posted something about, like, his internship on. They're like, dude, come and sell with me in the summer. He's like, no, man, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I told him, like, all right, well, if you don't sell, would, would you at least consider being a tech? He's like, no, no. He, he was good, too. Oh, yeah. He had the, um, yeah, he had the, the goofiness, the unassuming goofiness going for him. Yeah, he did. He took butt. Poor dude. Well. Poor dude. Poor dude. Yeah, that, team was, that team was great. All right, well, I think, I think, I think we, we've talked about enough funny things going on that have happened. Um, and I don't want to take too much time out of your day because I know you have a busy, busy, busy day, and I do too. So what, what what I like doing at the end here is I just like leaving this little bit open for some little nuggets, right? Some knowledge, just straight mm. drop. Right? OG of OGs, Ray Gonzalez. If there's something that you want to say that you feel like the industry needs to know or if, if there's something that you've just learned recently and you just want to share it, dude, I'll leave this open for you. Yeah, the I think the burning of the ships is something that um, – and, I mean, pretty much what we've talked about this whole – is what's been on my mind lately is just not having excuses because I think we're, we're, we're our own biggest enemies, especially in this industry. Um, you know, I, I know for a long time I just um, talked myself into – thinking that like recruiting just wasn't one of my strengths. Um, when in reality, like I had all the personality and skills to, to be a really good recruiter. It was just out of my comfort zone. And for the longest time, like I hid behind that. Um, and, and that's been something that I really focused on in the last year. I mean, just, you know, going through life changes, like divorce definitely makes you look in, you know, definitely uh, opens up for a lot of self-reflection, you know, to, to see kind of, you know, ways you can improve. And, and that's something that, um, that I think um, I fell into was just coasting, just allowing myself. Cause I mean, it was, it was, it was a good life. I was working my butt off for four months and then just doing whatever I wanted to for the last eight. Um, when I could have been, you know, doing so much more, either like going ham on recruiting um, getting out of my comfort zone. Um, or, you know, even if I didn't do that, working another job, save everything that I put in the bank or save, yeah, everything that I made in the summer in the bank. Um, and I could have been, you know, way more ahead of the name right now. Um, but, but that's been definitely something not, not hiding behind the comfort zone. And I, I know that's something that Josh talks about a lot of, of pushing his boundaries, living at your edge. Um, and I think that's super important, you know, being honest with ourselves and, and figuring out, you know, what BS we're, 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 we're telling ourselves what BS we're hiding behind. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and consciously do, having a conscious effort and being intentional about, you know, stepping over that line of comfort, you know, breaking into that, to that, to that danger zone. Mm-hmm. we have and, and and constantly pushing ourselves i think that's the only way to to get better not only in life but especially in sales um because yeah i feel like there's a lot of people that are way more talented than they give themselves credit for mm-hmm. way 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 more talented um especially in this industry and, and i love that the industry kind of promotes you know self-growth because it's 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 kind of necessary you know it's it's Again, that's what I loved about wrestling. It's just you and the other person on the door. Um, and when you come home, I mean, you can make all the excuses in the world. But in the end, again, like we've said before, you can either make excuses, you can make money. Um, but yeah, that's been something I've been focusing on a lot. It's just um, being able to be honest with myself and defining what BS I'm selling myself. 
being intentional, finding my edge and, and trying my best to push past that edge. Dope. Nice. Words of wisdom, guys, from the OG of OGs. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Rick, for having me on, man. Of course, dude. Of course, man. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been the most successful in the industry, but uh, been here long enough to, to get a little little nugs here and there. Little nugs here Appreciate and there. Appreciate that. I know you've had some like some huge studs on, on the podcast, so I, I feel uh, humbled to be to be uh, on here, my man. Yeah, dude, of course. Well, dude, I mean, dude, this whole podcast is just getting like different perspectives. Like it, it's 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 yeah, there's the super successful people, but then there's also again going back to what you said, there's there's super talented people, way more talented than they give themselves credit. And you fall in into that category, right? Part of it is just doing things differently. Part of it is doing things that most people aren't willing to do. And, you know, as a leader, I mean, being around like a lot of people in, in the industry, you continuously stick out as one of like my favorite people, as one of like the people like, all right, dope, dude. Like if, if, if I can be like anything like Ray, you know, in these aspects, like I will be set, you know. I'll be good. Oh man, I appreciate that. Yeah, dude, of course. And you know, I, I, I guess uh, fortunately, all these rumors that I hear of you coming out to Orange County this summer aren't true. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you might see me. <laughs> don't, 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 don't say that because then, because then Kyle will hear it. Yeah. Like, telling people like, "All oh, rights coming out. Rights coming out." Kyle is the uh, he is that is definitely the OG of OGs. This is old Kyle Nielsen, dude. I love Kyle, man. Yeah, he he's definitely the person I've tried to emulate the most um, in in the industry. Um, I mean, Jake Bennington's been there. You know, we've been with each other from the beginning as well. Um, but Kyle's just the epitome of of like love and and giving. You know, yeah. he's all about giving and giving and giving. Never. Um, Never thinking about what he's going to get returned, but knowing that there's always going to be something that he's going to get. Yeah, just the that principle of 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 um, what's the word? Re- reciprocation. You got it, buddy. Go. You nailed it. I did I did say yeah? It. That, that the law of reciprocation. He um he he's the epitome of that, and I mean he would literally give, literally take the shirt off his back. And to somebody, the shoes off his feet. I've seen him do it before, um, and and he's insanely successful. Never yeah. thinking of what he's gonna, you know, get out of those types of situations. So yeah, that's dude, fun. he's one of the coolest people I know. With the, he's honestly the biggest nerd, dork, goofiest person I know. But he's also like seriously the dopest person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So if I mean, if if anyone needs, as far as like recruiting goes, like that's that's. If I, if I could tell anyone to like, if, if they want to, you know, take cues or try to emulate anyone as far as in that regard, it's, it's Kyle Nelson. Yeah. hundred percent. There you go. And to be fair, dude, honestly, if let's just say hypothetically speaking, you were still in the industry, dude, if you were to hit me up one day and say, Hey dude, I'm going out here for the summer. You want to come like without, without any question, like, hell yeah, dude, let's go. There are there are very 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 few people who could do that. (laughs) At the very least, I'll come out and visit you guys in OC because that's that's always it's always a good time. Yeah, (laughs) dope, dude. Well, hey, Ray, where can people find you on the social medias? Oh, um, you know what? I need to post more on social media. I don't do a whole lot. I post like once every three four months, but it's um, what is my it's Ray Ray Gone Seven, R A Y R A Y G O N Z Seven. Okay, Ray Ray Gone Seven, and then all right, dope. I will send. I will put that in the tag of the description of the video, and then dope. Ray, again, thank you for being on, brother. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you, man. Love you too. And then I'll probably see you out in Orange County this summer. <laughs> We'll plan on it, my friend. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I will talk to you later, man. Have a good day. Oh,